Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shop and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. They were all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. Episode 259. 259 episodes of this uh, particular show. And... Tonight we have a very special guest for you. A much anticipated band from my side of things is Wavebreaker. Uh, I'm a big fan of Turbo Lightning as well as Batwings, Catwings, and I'm a big fan of the the front person of Wavebreaker, who's actually a returning guest. Oh, you did a joint. You did do a joint appearance last time, Dana. But uh, yeah, Dana Valoria, welcome to the show. Hey, Conan. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited that you have uh, that. There's the the waves are breaking, so to speak, uh, with Wavebreaker. <laughs> Finally, how, how many hacky people you talked to are going to be saying that? I'm sure, but uh, it's been a while. You you've you've had this percolating for a couple of years now, right? I mean, it, it's it's kind of been gestating slowly, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah. We've been working on a full length record for like three years now, and just you know things haven't. Things have just been moving slow, you know, like stuff keeps happening. Everybody has like real life stuff and just also formulating the whole story behind the record and all that and sort of like getting to know ourselves as people, like as the world is transforming before our eyes and getting to know ourselves as a band and kind of like reimagining and rebuilding what we're about. Well, yeah, I mean, it occurs to me that the band is almost like, you know, I almost overuse this phrase, but I always say like uh, springing forth fully formed from the head of Zeus, uh, <laughs> like like in Greek mythology, <laughs> that, you, that you're already prepped and ready. But there's there's been this great runway uh, planning this out and, 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 and kind of what kind of band it is, you know, what the presentation is going to be like, so on and so on. And that's without the fact that, you know, you have adults with adult lives, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to that, uh, because it does seem like a band with a, with a clear message, uh, like, you know, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, people, you know, sometimes use message bands as like an insult or something. I don't think that's an insult at all. I think that's actually laudable, especially in this very direct time that we live in. Yeah. So I guess like I can share a little bit of a story behind it. In like 2016, we were actually a band called Batwings Catwings, and we had been playing for a pretty long time. Like we started the band around 2009, 2010. Um, and we put out a bunch of EPs and stuff and singles. And in 2016, we went on like a little tour to Japan. Uh-huh. Um, and that was awesome. You know, we we had some friends in Japan that helped us set up shows in Tokyo and Osaka and Kobe. And it was a really good time. Highly recommend like DIYing that and making it happen for any band. Um, so we were on that little tour and then as soon as we flew back, it was on election day when we flew back. And um, <laughs> yeah, and wow. you know what happened. I don't have to say it. Yeah, yeah, but... I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. And I'm sure like a lot, a lot of artists, you know, had this moment 
where you know we are all trying to figure out like what do we do next like yeah. we have a social responsibility to react to this moment that we're all enduring together um and so we kind of started to rethink what we were doing as artists um and then i had a personal moment where i was really struck that whole year about the events happening at standing rock and totally. so yeah. i decided i was gonna like you know try try to do something and like get out there and just you know see firsthand what was going on and just you know i was just really inspired from a distance seeing this like resistance happening this really grassroots movement that was indigenous led and i just really wanted to support that so i went and i drove with a few friends from los angeles to um north dakota where the standing rock camp was and we drove like 30 straight hours you know prior to that we had collected a bunch of supplies and and dollar donations from people and so we were coming with just you know supplies and money for the camp um and just delivering that face to face to the tribal leaders at the camp and um we were there for just a short time but you know just what i saw just inspired me so much like it was like an autonomous community basically um this camp with like thousands and thousands of people everybody loving and respecting each other there everybody had what they need right. there was like a food tent um there were medics and doctors there were you know shows happening in the middle of the night like rap shows and stuff and um everybody had warm blankets and clothing and i was just kind of like inspired by that indigenous led movement and felt like there was something there that i really wanted to try to amplify and so you know i was there for just a short time and i really felt like well what is my responsibility as a person who has now like witnessed this movement happening firsthand what can i do as an individual and so i kind of just started writing songs you know we had all these demos um and i sat down and just started writing songs about whatever felt you know resonant for me in that moment um and i think some of the songs started out like with a little bit of outrage but over time as our songwriting as a band sort of evolved together and i also want to credit um my bandmate Cindy who played a big role in really like shaping the feel of our songs and the right. feel of our music and just having her sensibility you know kind of helped me realize like okay this idea of punk music doesn't have to be this thing that's like hard and gnarly and edgy and angry like me being a woman of color and Cindy also being a woman of color we can bring our own sensibilities to this genre and sort of reimagine what we're creating sonically um and even you know i guess the only word i have to say for it is like brand wise and really kind of like rethinking what are we about as a band who are we what do we want to represent um and so it just took all this time like the past 3 years to really fully form that and like take you know some of the lessons that we were learning about ourselves along the way and just incorporating that into the art that we are creating um and just learning how to learning how to do music in a different way than we ever had before. Yeah, and, and the melding of the direct action and politics and things along those lines with the music doesn't seem like a tacked on thing of, in any way shape or form. It seems very much like part of the overall whole, like part of the superstructure of the creative entity. And uh, a few things uh, just I'm going to throw down some notes on what you said that uh LA to Standing Rock as you mentioned, yeah, that that's a pretty 
that's like a trek. That's like a Lord of the Rings style trek. Uh, <laughs> for those not familiar with the geography, that's a pretty long way. So that's a pretty mm-hmm. big investment of, uh, of of action to to commit yourself to that. And then also, it occurs to me too that that was a good example of like a bottom up uh, democratic action too. In the, in the same way that uh, years earlier, Occupy had been, uh, and things along those mm-hmm. lines, and that. It's kind of a rare thing to happen in uh, U.S. politics. I mean, certainly there there are mm-hmm. examples of of it uh, here and there, but it only seems like it's it's sort of like allowed to happen now and again. <laughs> and yeah. it's always interesting to see what comes out of that. And so, uh, going back to because uh, I, I was a as you know was a Batwings Catwings fan, and you know that the message of that band seemed to be more like, hey, let's have fun, be friends, and do cool stuff, which I'm all mm-hmm. for all of those things, uh, but <laughs> but it seems like this hits a little deeper, and it hits and and it's it's the messaging seems to have adjusted with the times, and, and you you've done a very good job of articulating uh, where everyone has come in with that and and change with the times. But do you feel do you feel like that there's like a, that there's a lot of bands doing this? Because I would kind of say that I don't think that there are. Um, I don't know of a lot, like off the top of my head, one really, really great band that I love called Downtown Boys, um, you know, have this sort of political edge to their music, I guess you would say. And, um, you know, they promote a lot of the same ideologies that I support also. Um, and I just, I really admire what they're doing and want to shout them out. Sure. And I would love to know from other people, you know, <laughs> maybe they're out there. There <laughs> are more. Um, I would love to just like connect and collaborate with lots of different people who are about the same things. Um, yeah, I wish there were. I wish, and but also for me, like, I can't really speak to this that well because I don't follow new music very well. Like, <laughs> Not, I'm not that good at that. Yeah. Um, but I would love to. I would love to know from people out there if there are other bands that we should be listening to and, you know, connecting with. Well, and uh, and that's always again that's that's something sometimes that shows like this can be good for is connecting like minded mm-hmm. people together. You know, he said hopefully uh, crossing fingers. Yeah. But uh, but also <laughs> it it just occurs to me too that you know even just like platforming. Uh, not just people of color, but women of color in in a very active, boisterous role, unapologetically advocating which I mean that's that's a big deal. That's a big deal just mm-hmm. representationally. But it's also a big deal, you know, that's good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's something where like can kind of attract like. But the whole way and the slow ramp up with everything and having intrinsically de- uh, intrinsically tied into these, Orgs and uh, specific specificity, and I I don't want to get down on some bands that maybe have positive messaging, but is this more sort of amorphous? <laughs> of of like, hey, you know, don't be a jerk. Okay, that's a good message to have for sure. But this goes beyond don't be a jerk. This is very specifically like, hey, pay attention to these organizations. Here are the links. <laughs> Here's why these organizations matter. Here's why yeah. you should care about that. I, that. I think that that's that's an adjustment that I think is almost necessary for these times, and it and it's just occurs to me I don't mm-hmm. see that much of it. So, uh, I get. Well, I guess where I'm driving at with all of that is, anytime you get into specificity on things, uh, some folks feel that it can kind of narrow what you're trying to do overall. But it seems like it's a part of the vital part of the process to what Waybreaker is doing. Yeah, totally. And I would say like. I don't really think of us as just like a band. Um, I guess you could call what we're doing a sort of political platform. Basically, we want to, you know, catalyze change for one thing, but we also want to, you know, encourage discourse and and learning among the people who are paying attention to us and, yeah. um, you know, like elevate issues that are important to us and important to me especially I'm really fortunate to have bandmates who um 
just really support me and have given me this platform to just be able to talk about whatever I want to talk <laughs> right. about. Like, I would say, like, not everyone in the band is like super political. And I wouldn't even call myself political either. You know, I feel like our music is not really political to me, it's personal because a lot of things that I'm talking about and singing about are just essential things like this world is not sustainable without the revolutionary change <laughs> that we're calling for. And, you know, I'm just a human being who cares about other humans and about our more than human kin, which are the animals and the plants and about the earth. And it's that simple to me, you know, um, one lyric in one of our songs is land back, rematriate, decolonize and liberate. And that's what I believe in. I really believe that our only possible path forward in the face of this destruction and devastation of capitalism and the police state and the prison industrial complex, white supremacy culture, the only way to rise above that is to return lands to indigenous hands worldwide um, and to restore matriarchal societies that were prevalent in a lot of indigenous cultures, including my own in the Philippines, you know, before the Spanish and the Americans came and colonized our islands and our bodies and our minds. And so the way we do that is to first decolonize our own minds. And mm -hmm. I think that's where our music comes in. And I want, you know, people to sort of listen to our songs and, you know, more importantly, hopefully later this year we'll be able to release the entire record the entire record is kind of like a body of work that takes you on a journey through um you know this process of decolonizing your mind and really like you know making a commitment to being a revolutionary person and um also for me i realized along the way you know i've always kind of been averse to this idea of being a so-called front woman like i really don't mm. like that like i at times it's been i felt like it's been kind of like forced upon me <laughs> to just be that but um i realized along the way like i do have you know in a way a responsibility to step up and do that as a woman of color um so you know, I have a great opportunity and great privilege to, you know, make music that that empowers women of color, you know, see themselves represented in this yeah. genre and in music in general, um, and hopefully inspire people to do the same thing. Um, and also just a big thing, I, like me, I'm a storyteller by trade, so something that's really important to me is amplifying other people's voices and giving holding space for people to tell their own stories so um we do a little bit of that on this record and um hopefully in the future we'll also be able to collaborate more with people um and just work really closely with organizations too um and organizers uh to really elevate their message and their mission work. Um, that's what I want this band to be. Don't know quite exactly how to do that aside <laughs> from, you know, just grassroots talking straight with the people that, you know, I feel are on the same level and yeah. seeing how we can do things together, but it just takes time. Well, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? And yep. I just think back to, I think the first time I ever saw you perform was with Turbo Lightning. And, you know, which I thought was fantastic. Loved every second of it. Totally into it. But what occurred to me afterwards, kind of listening to people talk uh, outside, was that how kind of a big deal it was for certain folks attending that to see someone like you being a front person, reluctant or no, <laughs> but, but, com reluctant. but commanding, <laughs> commanding the stage and like, and singing these, that what a big deal it was. And that was something that, uh, you know, like I'm like to think I'm a, a little bit more, uh, on top of it than maybe the average bro. But, uh, you know, it, it was something that was like, Oh yeah, that's that, 
totally makes sense, right? Because you got, mm-hmm. especially in this musical genre, which is just tends to be dominated with usually dudes and usually dudes that look a lot like me. And to, mm-hmm. to inv- have a a welcoming space that is open to having uh, different kinds of folks not just be there, but be part of the, of the, of the art and part of uh, presenting something bigger than one's own self, which to me is what music community should be. Mm-hmm. I- I'm glad people are starting to discuss it now. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that was really backgrounded for a long time. And, yeah. and, and I feel like the conversations about it tend to be reactive rather than active. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is to say that it's very easy to point out a problem and say like, hey, you know, this is, you know, this this is just kind of like a boys club or whatever. Okay, well, cool. You're pointing out the symptom and I agree. But unless you're not as like a, hey, I did this pat me on the back uh, kind of situation for inclusivity, unless you're having inclusivity as part of the foundational structure of the community, I don't think you're going to see real changes. Mm-hmm. And it just occurs to me like, because I, I, think a lot about stuff like this and it it occurs to me Mm -hmm. that uh, you're taking those same sort of music community ideals and uh, concepts but applying them also to like greater like human being living in this world human being living Mm -hmm. in this world not as a straight cis white dude and (laughs) like it's I it's impressive to me because I think that a lot of people are very tied into the outrage machine and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things being focused on that, to me, don't advance equality and don't advance justice. They advance catharsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm getting at with all that is, was that a natural progression from playing? Uh, meaning, you know, Batwings, Catwings, Turbo Lightning, like, you know, playing shows and and being out in the world. Obviously, political events being what they are are going to be catalysts as well. But did that come up uh, in, in that same way kind of organically? Because, again, my experience is going to be different from yours, flat out. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I yeah. acknowledge that. That doesn't mean, like, I get off the hook. But I, I do at least acknowledge it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, um, like, as a performer, I think I was in the past, like, you know, trying to fit into a certain mold and... I think at at a certain point, and maybe it's because there's just so much more open dialogue about the differences and the inequities and everything within the music community, not just the music community, but everything. Um, I think like that kind of just gave me a sense of freedom to experiment and just to like rethink what am I doing and why am I doing it the way I'm doing it? Who am I really like, you know, and I think it's also a process of like getting older and getting more mature and becoming more secure in who I am and um, just really feeling comfortable putting my authentic self out there. Um, And I think this is probably a challenge for a lot of women is, you know, finding ourselves in these spaces that are dominated by cis white males and feeling like we, you know, in order to be accepted in those spaces, we need to do things a certain way, um, perform a certain way, act a certain way. And even, um, I'm really, I'm really involved in the women and trans skate community up here in the Bay Area. I volunteer for an organization called Skate Like a Girl. And it's the same exact thing in skateboarding. Um, You know, there are, there's, it's a gnarly sport and you know <laughs> yeah yeah for real yeah yeah <laughs> everybody everybody in the past has felt like oh in order to skate i have to be a rager like yeah you know but what i've learned through the organization and just like meeting a real diversity of different types of skaters from all walks of life all identities um is that you know, everybody's doing things differently and that's okay. And that's totally awesome. It's like, you know, everybody gets to be creative and just enjoy this thing the way they want to. And that's just, I think, becoming more and more accepted these days. 
Um, and maybe it has to do with social media and people, you know, sort of seeing other people doing things differently, just having more visibility of, of the different ways people experience different things. Um, I think that's been really inspiring for me. So I yeah, think, I'm I think inspired by the yeah. youth. Yeah. Like, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but like, I, I think that like, again, we kind of tend to focus on social media doing its best to make everyone feel unfulfilled and terrible, but it has got an incredible ability to connect people across not just, you know, a, a city, state, or country, but across the world together with like-minded experiences, and that should never be short-sold. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Please continue your thought, though. Oh, no, for sure. And I would say, too, like, um, a couple years ago, Jeff and I moved to uh, the Bay Area from Los Angeles, and it's been really awesome for us because and i don't know everybody might not agree with this but i love the bay area because there's like such a strong sense of community up here and um i don't know it's just a different vibe i think i i got re-inspired being in a new place um and just seeing people doing cool things that yeah are for for and by the community and I think like living in LA for a long time, I didn't really feel that necessarily. Um, and so it's just a different experience. Being in a new place kind of like sparked a lot of things for me and just being around different people. It's a, you know, it's the Bay Area. Used to live up here. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's, it's a lot of things, but it's also someplace where you're surrounded by a lot of activism. And and some of it may be mm-hmm. effectual, some of it may be ineffectual, but it doesn't matter. It's it's more of a just how everyone rolls to a certain degree. I love it. <laughs> I and, love and it's, it. It's like part of the lifestyle up here, yeah. you know, and that's really cool to me. Yeah, and it's 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 almost something that, you can potentially take for granted when you say move cross country. They're like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're, you're not thinking about this all the time. Okay. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> we can, we can work on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely something where for where the creativity has gone, you're surrounded. It seems like with the right, the right area, the right culture, the right, the right folks to kind of really lay into it. Now, when it comes time to, from a creative process, are you changing what you're doing lyrically or vocally to sort of uh, serve the the mission? Uh, and the reason I ask is because because there's you have like you know some of the lyrics are almost like what, what I think about is when there's like protests and people are marching and like oh we're just marching okay let's chant something okay let's chant this right and usually it's stupid usually it's dumb I hate it but every once in a while they make like a really good one. And it occurs to me that, like, you know, a few of the times, you know, in the lyrics, you have, like, oh, that would be a good, that would be a good, like, people protesting chant. <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment, because that's harder to pull off than people realize. But does yeah. that factor in when you're, when you're writing the lyrics? You're thinking about, um, you know, how other people are also engaging with the music and engaging with the experience of either listening to the record or, you know, presumably at some point, a live experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that my creative process has really changed that much. And I don't really think about, like, the chantiness of the songs. It's not all chanting, by the way. I don't mean it's all chanting. I I mean, like, I've always loved, you know, with Turbo Lightning and everything, like, I've always loved anthems and, you know, anthemic songs. So I don't think that my songwriting or lyric writing has changed that much. Um and honestly, like, I don't think about it that much. I, I feel like everything I do is sort of intuitive. And um, I actually heard someone say something that really resonated with me recently. I was talking with one of my favorite artists. Her name is Dior Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a Diné, a Navajo skater and artist. And she does, um, she creates these really cool skateboards where she wood burns traditional Diné Navajo oh, patterns wow. onto awesome. the skateboard. I love it. Um, yeah. And I was talking with her about her creative process and she was saying like, 
sometimes she was like, sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing or, you know, where it's coming from. And I feel like it's just my ancestors coming through me. Like sometimes Mm. I don't even, Mm. I just get Mm. lost in the process of making it that like, there's just something inside me that is like coming out and I have no control over it. And so like, I kind of relate to that. Like I don't overthink the songwriting process. And sometimes it's just a matter of what comes out. And that's why sometimes it takes a long time Because like for me, I have to be like in the right frame of mind and the right mood and really be inspired to be able to write. Um, So it took three years to (laughs) write and record this album. But um, yeah, I wish I was that person that could just like churn stuff out. Some people are so good at that. Like (laughs) I heard there's there's a this one skater, a trans skater that I follow, Cher Strawberry, who's also a musician. And I think they put out like a 30 song LP recently, wow. or they're going to. Um, and I wish I was that person that had that many words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that can be a blessing and they can be a curse too. You know, it's 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 its, it's own. True. <laughs> it has its own challenges <laughs> for sure. But uh, it also, there's a deliberateness. Deliberateness? It's, it's very deliberate with, with what you are doing. And it, it, it also strikes me that in this this era of authenticity, that everything's like looking for, you know, very authentic things, that kind of comes through. And it's not to say that that Thank you. The, the, I mean I, I it's meant it's meant as a huge compliment because because there can be stuff that is authentic that doesn't radiate that but it, it does it without a, it, it kind of low key does that and I think that that's that's to me that even if something is is maybe meant to be ephemeral I think that still comes across as timeless right like I think think of like mm-hmm. uh, Ohio Neil Young right that he wrote that after Kent State. And that is somehow so of its time, but you know, it's still it's it comes from the heart. It's an an authentic thing. It's like an authentic uh, reaction to this horrific event that occurred, and it's still resonating. It all sounds to be a good song too, which is you know, it's always mm-hmm. nice if it's a good song as well. But it just occurs to me that doing all that in a vacuum uh, can be very difficult. So being very community oriented. Uh, you know, it seems like you've got a strong system of other, you know, fellow like-minded artists and activists and things like that that you're kind of in constant communication back and forth with, mm-hmm. which to me is that should be the modus operandi for the world that that, that we existed. But it kind of seems like there's been this pressing push towards individualism overall, yeah, without supporting the needs of the individual. And I wonder if you had any mm-hmm. thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. You know, like sometimes I think about, well, I think like recently somebody heard our song and said that, and I, this was totally meant as a compliment. They said something about how it made their anarchist heart so happy. <laughs> and like, that was that was really cool. But I also like personally don't subscribe to anarchism because right. <laughs> I really believe in community and the collective. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I don't know everything about anarchism, but my understanding is it's more about individual, the individual. And I actually really believe in social programs and government programs and all that. Um, so yeah, I, I think like, that was always sort of a sore spot for me with the ideology of punk or punk culture. I come from a communal culture and I have never really related to any form of individualism. Um, And so also kind of like piggybacking off of that punk, I think over the years has become sort of a catch all for music that's resistant or political and I don't really feel represented by that. Yeah. Um, you know, as you were kind of saying earlier, it was a culture that was shaped by cis white males. And then I guess you would say that cis white women had some revolutionary moments against that patriarchal culture. 
Um, but I feel even, even there, like there are a lot of missed opportunities and like some people just really miss the mark in terms of looking at all of this through an intersectional lens. Um, so that's what I'm kind of like hoping to bring to the table is just, you know, I'm I'm definitely not the first woman of color who has made music like this or tried to make music like this, but, you know, I'm going to do what I can to elevate myself and elevate other people like me, other women and femmes like me. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm not yeah, I, I believe in the collective. I am not about individualism at all. And I think that um, one of the things that has been missing for me for a long time making music is I I haven't felt for a long time like that sense of community in music for mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I don't really know why. I think maybe because like there was a point in the last several years where like playing music felt really just like a socializing thing or like a nightlife thing or whatever. And I just wasn't feeling that after a while, you know, got into my thirties and I was like, this is my social life, but like, how can I make it more than that? Like, how can I make it more meaningful for me? So yeah, I think like, I'm really inspired being around a few of the different communities that I'm a part of, like Skate Like a Girl, like I mentioned. I also um, volunteer with this organization called Brown Girl Surf. And just surrounding myself with people who are like-minded, who think like me and look like me, it's really valuable for me in terms of, you know, just understanding what, people in my community want and need, but also helps me to understand myself and like where I come from and, and why I do the things I do, what I believe in. Um, I'm inspired by the people in my everyday life. And so I think like that's where a lot of the inspiration comes from for our music. I mean, it seems like a practical application of shine theory in that way, right? You know, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's which is a real thing. It's 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 rather than be competitive with each other, you you push each other to do more and to yeah to advance anything. You know whatever the thing happens to be, whether it's like mm -hmm. understanding uh, justice or just good times or maybe all three of them <laughs> put together. Who knows? Uh, yeah, and again, it, it seems on one hand it seems so simple, but the other hand it just seems like that there's not really a lot of institutional avenues for including that. Like it's like what, what you're doing. It's not so much. It's an aberration. It's just that it's, I, I don't see it that much. And it's, it's something mm -hmm. where it, it, does it feel like what you're doing is building like parallel super systems and parallel uh, structures to create this? Or do you feel like this is something that's just naturally going to, click in, you know, fully realized, fully formed as this is, this is what this is. Mm -hmm. I think we're figuring it out along the way. Um, I'm trying to, you know, involve community as much as I can. Uh, I've never been, and I don't, I don't think any of us in the band have ever been really great at like figuring out how to best release music. <laughs> and like all the processes behind that and it like changes week to week it. i mean you know like it, it's like almost like it changes week to week anyway so it's like once you learn yeah. it it's something different next month so <laughs> yeah exactly but like even in all my years making music and playing music i'm still like well so how do we put this out like how do we promote it without like you know just being in everyone's face <laughs> and how do we actually get this to as many ears as possible? How do we get, yeah. you know, it starts with obviously like making good music, first of all, which ideally, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just like, it feels so intimidating every time. And especially like me kind of being like, you know, I guess I I guess I would call myself anti-capitalist. Like I know it's a strong statement. Like mm -hmm. 
I don't I don't do anti-capitalism perfectly. I don't think anybody really does, but you know, just like how do you release music like in a non-capitalist, non-hierarchical method and get people to actually hear it and care about it? Yeah. It's still an unanswered question for me and for all of us in the band. Um and so like what I've just been trying to do like organically is just reaching out to people and my community and being like hey here's my song like it's really important to me i think it resonate with you like tell me what you think it's you know it's yours like basically like we're making this music for everyone like it belongs to anyone for whom it resonates so i've just been telling people like you know this is a song like if you want to use it for anything if you want to put it in a film or a video or whatever if you feel like sharing it like this is yours um so like that's just been my personal organic approach and i've been like reaching out to some you know organizations that i feel are aligned with some of our messaging and our mission um and you know some of them actually get back to me and they're like oh my god like this is amazing i'm yeah. so excited by this i'm so pumped and i love to hear that and I just want to keep reaching people that way. Um but yeah, if anybody out there has like any idea how to put this album out in a way that is not going to feel yucky to us <laughs> in the band, uh let us know because it's a struggle. Like right now we've decided that we're going to like release the songs as singles and like just try to create as much content around the songs as we can. but um it's really hard it's really hard to make videos and even just post on social media all the time like i really struggle with that yeah and it's something where that's a larger societal construct that we've built around ourselves that like this is the way that you connect with everyone but the act of doing it is somehow made, designed to make you feel like you're doing something wrong at the same mm -hmm. time they're like oh i'm encumbering someone's attention by by doing this yeah. Uh, yeah and a lot of that has to do with you know who's profiting right because if you're not paying for a mm -hmm. service chances are uh you are the product and that mm -hmm. is that's yep. a truism that unfortunately we all have to deal with on a regular basis and i don't have any yeah. answers i guess i'm just providing color commentary for that but <laughs> it's 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 difficult and it's difficult when it's any new entity because i feel like there's this almost casual disdain for something if it's not already like a known commodity uh mm -hmm. and that's also another default reaction that unfortunately comes from a place of cynicism which are making ostensibly somewhat optimistic music so mm -hmm. the idea there could be that you know someone might come in for the tone and stay for the message i guess is what i'm saying uh which is there's worse things there's worse ways to get people right uh yeah. but yeah i don't know <clears throat> I, I i find it interesting you know certainly i i i find the band fascinating and i think the music's great regardless of all the other stuff but i think it's all the more important because there's all these other things attached to it and it's probably a bit of a lonely road right now but i i think People, the nice thing about social media is that people can find out about things quickly. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's a meritocracy. Let's not kid ourselves about any of that. But mm -hmm. the, the, the ability for that to happen does exist. And I think that, you know, this is something where there's a lot of idiotic sentiments back in 2016 about, well, punk rock's going to get really good at least. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> Oh, God, really? That's what you're... Okay. Uh, <laughs> so that that's my first, was my first level reaction to that, and still is. Mm -hmm. But the second level reaction is, well, this will be a catalyst for something. And I feel like a lot of that manifested mm -hmm. itself with the Black Lives Matter protests, you know, like more like direct actions, things along those lines, which there's an argument to be made that a lot of that had to do with quarantine uh, burnout. Mm -hmm. as well <laughs> uh you know yeah. and this this global pandemic that we all were dealing with but i think people people are people are ready for new stuff too 
I think so. Like like more so than I think I've seen in in any of the rest of my lifetime that that, that I'm aware of. So I, I think what you're doing is fascinating, and it's again, I come this as I say this as someone that that's like a fan of the other stuff as well. But I think that what you're doing is uh, you know like it's who who am I to say whether something is important or unimportant? But what you're doing is achieving all the stated goals and desires that that you're going for. And the question now was just. Where does the fire ignite? So I don't the have the answer. The world may to that. never know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the answers to that, but I'm certainly <laughs> going to do my part to help uh, propagate it. So, I th- um, so Dana, this and this this is awesome. I'm so glad, and I want you to come on again when you I don't know bit send out through BitTorrent. I don't know like how how this is ultimately is going to manifest itself. And we'll go through each of the songs kind of in depth uh, at, at that point if you're into it. Uh, because sure. I, I think that, <laughs> look, I think there's some there's some artists that you find out too much about the song and you're like, oh, I like that less now. But I think that this would be the other mm-hmm. way around. And I, and I think that's very important. Uh, so to be clear, there's a couple. So there's there's this, the, the single that just came out that's, uh, on all the streaming services, there's another one kind of coming relatively soon. Is it gun? Is there any kind of schedule, known schedule right now, or is this just a pay attention to the social media, I guess, kind of situation? Um. Well, we just put out this single called Interdependence, right. and we have another single coming out in August called Vacation Glow. Um, and I think we're gonna put out. A song every month pretty much probably towards the beginning of the month but yeah no mystery and what's what's the mindset for live presentation is there going to be any any planning towards that in this uncertain world that we live in to play shows yeah um i think we're open to it like we half of us live in the bay area and half of us live in los angeles so it's a little bit harder um, we did get asked to play some shows recently in LA, but um, depending on whether we can all be at the same place at the same time on the same day. Yeah, um, it's no journey to Standing Rock, but it's still a bit of a haul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we would like to, but also like, how are people playing shows after like not practicing for a year? <laughs> Well, let me tell you that first practice is rough. Like you have to be very generous with yourself. Let's let me speak from experience on that. Where it's like, oh, my hands are spaghetti. Okay. Uh (laughs) Then it then for for, speaking personally, it seems like muscle memory kind of takes over after a while. So that's Mm -hmm. you know you don't you don't forget how to play music. Yeah. You just don't have. Yeah, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully we we play like at least one show in the next couple months. Well, I, I'm I'm glad to hear it. I'm I'm, I'm glad that uh, the ship is leaving the docks, so to speak, because uh, it's it's very rare that I have someone on uh, the show that is doing something that's very much of its time. But I feel like what you're doing is very much of its time, uh, which doesn't mean it can't be timeless. It just means it's of its time. <laughs> so I, I hope that people check it out. I hope people engage with it. And, uh, yeah, so I, I guess last thing, Dana, just, and I want to thank you for coming on the show too. This is, this, this has been awesome. And of course I had Jeff on, uh, a little bit back and just like everything he was telling me about this, like, wow, that sounds great. Like I want, I want to hear more about this. So I hope that everyone, uh, will check, check everything out as it comes, uh, in all the various social medias. But I do need to ask you, it's one canned question that I have. It's the only canned question that I ever ask okay. folks. And you can interpret this however you like. But why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? Why do I do what I do? I just, I feel a sense of responsibility to be a voice for, you know, for the people and for the issues that I feel are just important in this moment. Um, I do what I do because I think that we need a revolution and 
that revolution starts in our hearts and our minds. And so that's what I want this music to be for people is, you know, just kind of a way to engage in this journey of inciting radical change because we need that right now and there's there's no other options true that true that dana <laughs> thank you so much i'm gonna i'm gonna play us out with uh so the record is gonna be called interdependence as well is that is that correct when it yes however it manifests fully formed from the head of zeus as we already established <laughs> uh I'm going to, I don't know, play us out with uh, one of the songs from it. And uh, I just, thanks so much for coming on. It's been great. And I hope that uh, folks go follow you and all the appropriate things that people follow <laughs> folks on and, uh, you know, learn more. And I'm excited to see, like, what you pull off with, with this because it's great. Yeah, thank you so much, Conan. It's been fun. All right. Till next time. All right. Bye. There she goes! Dana Valoria, Waybreaker, Trevor Lightning, Batwings, Catwings. So excited to see what they come up with. Let's, let's hear a tune. Independence, Wavebreaker, awesome band. Really, 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 really stoked to um, to get down with the what they're throwing down. I think what they're doing is really great. So uh, we're gonna play uh, gonna play Vacation Glow too. Uh, and again, I'm I'm gonna throw all the appropriate social media 
stuff in the uh, show notes. So thanks for listening, everyone. This is Vacation Glow Wavebreaker. Gotta take some time away. You've been waiting all your life to see the world. Every day's your holiday. Forget the local, see the sights. To see the world, see what you Vacation Glow, Waybreaker. It's a it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have her on. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan if you couldn't tell. The social media handles are like Waybreaker X, I believe. So Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Go follow them. See what they're up to. The name of this show is Code New Touch Proton Reversal. Thanks so very much for listening to it. The show airs live on RadioNope.com Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. Archive later, ProtonicReversal.com. Always free. No ads, no sponsors. No kidding. Patreon.com slash if you want to get episodes sooner and help support the show. $1 a month will achieve both of those goals. What a time to be alive. 
If you like the show, consider subscribing, either as a podcast or on the ever-popular YouTube platform. Sharing, liking, sharing around, reviews, all that stuff helps people find the show. Uh, it all matters. Thanks for folks that do that. Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. If you like what you hear, consider doing so. Anyone within the sound of my voice. Lots of great stuff coming up. Excited to share it with all of you. I've got 50,000 watts of power. What else? Anything else? No, I think that's about it. Just make sure to check out the bands. Uh, consider dipping into a couple of the episodes that you maybe don't know. Folks you don't know. That's why it, one of the things I like about this show. Turns sound into electricity. Just stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? And take it easy. Out on Route 128, in the dark and lonely. Take it easy. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? If there's no one there to receive
Radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, See?